0: please visit mikenopf.com. For more information about other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Okay. All right. So the, the next midrash uh, uh, takes up um, in, a, in a similar vein to the last one. So, Franklin, since you were here last week, we're just going to catch you up. The uh, the premise of the last minute, Josh, was uh, was a sort of um, syntax or grammar kind of uh, is where it starts from. So it says, you know, why does it say Breshit bara Elohim rather than Brishit uh, Elohim bara? Right, so why, why, is, why does God come after the, why does the subject come after the predicate rather you know, when normally it should be that the, the you know, the, the, uh, the, the, the actor does the acting. Uh, and uh, the answer that it gives is that uh, God uh, uh, is not like a flesh and blood king. A flesh and blood king would say, would like, kind of demand the respect and the prestige first. Say, call me king, and then I'll do stuff for you, you know, inaugurate me as president, and then I'll get to the business of being president, eventually. Uh, but, uh, and uh, and uh, God doesn't work that way. God says, no, first I'm going to show you that I actually am going to get things done, and then, and then I'll deserve to be called God after that. That was that, that, was that midrash. Okay, so we're in a similar kind of uh, uh, midrash here, where we're uh, um, where we're asking why is it that uh, we, we the Torah starts with "In the beginning God created" uh, or "In the beginning created did God" rather than "God created in the beginning." Okay, that's the that's the premise that we're starting with here. Uh, let's see, Milhouse, did you read last week?
2: Yes, but you I did.
0: Really. Nancy read last week. You didn't read last
3: week. Oh, I guess I did.
0: I think you did. Uh, give you a break right now, Franklin, to get your feet wet. Why don't we go with Harry, did you read? La- you didn't read last week, did you? No. Okay. All right. That's less- so we're reading all of the English. Yeah, I guess so. Even though that's kind of cheating, but we can do it. Well, let's let's cheat. Why not? I'm
1: in. So religious. Um, the Midrash cites a teaching to explain why the Torah does not open with the seemingly more appropriate phrase, God created in the beginning. Sorry, Franklin, do you see where, where we
0: are? We're uh page 24, uh, number 13.
1: Oh, no, oh, oh. Yeah. Okay. Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai taught, from where is it derived that a person should not say when consecrating an offering? Quote, to God, an Olah, or to God, a mincha, or to God, a Shalamin. Rather, he should say, an Ola to God, a mincha to God, or a shalomim to, to God.
0: Can everybody understand the question Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai is asking? Mm, not really. Not exactly. Okay, so, uh,
2: it just what changed from the first three to the second three is the placement of uh, God's name.
0: Right, so why do we in in the Torah uh, oh, when when sacrifices are are mentioned they're, they're mentioned in the the second way, right? There's the the, in the, sec, the way the second set here, right? There it's Ola, l'adonai, right, uh, or mincha l'adonai, shlamim l'adonai, right? We're giving these kind of <laughs> offerings to God rather than flipping it the other way around, saying God's name first, right? L'adonai, because. Hebrew it could work either way. You could say Ladonai shlamim, ladonai mincha, ola, or you could say ola uh, And actually, the, the the first way, Ladonai mincha, ola, shlamim, that would actually, in some ways, be the the preferable way grammatically, right? So in some ways, like it's kind of strange that we say it the other way. Grammatically we, uh, in English. What? Grammatically in English. Grammatically in Hebrew. Grammatically in Hebrew. Actually, it sounds weirder in, in, in English to say to God a mincha rather than a mincha to God or a mincha for God. Um, uh, but in Hebrew, so you, we have this uh, um, Shabbat mincha. When we're putting away the Torah, we, we recite um, uh, the psalm. The psalm number is escaping me right now, but it starts, loa, right? Teva right? So the, the earth belongs to the Lord and all it contains. Um, right? So the, that phrasing of la ha whatever is, uh, is, is, is more, I think, uh, um, uh, uh, normal for, for Hebrew. So, but except for sacrifices, we don't say that way. Sacrifices, the Torah has it in other ways. So what, why we phrase it that way instead of the more natural way. Make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. It makes sense over here in the, well, Could I, I read least...
1: footnote
0: 143. Would okay, say? what does footnote
1: 133 say? He should not mention the name of God before the, uh, the type of offering, lest he fail to complete his sentence, in which case he will express God's name today. Uh,
0: yeah, so, I mean, that that is not... Uh, I mean... Uh, I mean, that. Yeah. Okay. Fine. I mean, the you know the um, the uh, the problem with the with the art scroll is it sort of like like ruins the effect of the midrash, right? Like like the midrash isn't really concerned with with that question. Um, it's not really concerned with like the Halakha question. Best
2: advice I ever got was to not look at the
0: notes. Uh, I mean. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. it just, yeah. just you know it yeah. boxes
2: you in, and you know it doesn't let you sit and like chew. It's
0: just you know. Right. Right. So what they're, what they're doing there is they're cheating like... Cheating hair with notes. Yeah. It's
1: not about cheating with notes. It's just
0: that, like, Rabbi bar Yochai is not concerned with, like, the halachic answer to the question. Right? That's not what he... He's, this is homiletic Midrash, right? So he's concerned with, right. like, what, what, the, what, what, it, what it teaches us about God, what it teaches us about life, what it teaches us about the nature of Torah, right? Um, the Halachic answer is, like, the boring answer. You know, yeah, we do it that way so that, like, we don't accidentally like stop in the middle and then we'll have taken God's name in vain. What? You wouldn't stop yet, even. <coughs> <coughs> All right. So, okay. So, but, so, what's the answer that Rebbe Shimon Bar Yochai gives? Talmud Lomar. as Scripture teaches? The scripture teaches that. Uh,
1: scripture teaches this by stating, "Where a man among you brings an offering to Hashem," Leviticus one, 4, two. All right so in other words so he's that's the
0: that's the basic answer right the basic answer is we we do it we when we're giving an offering we say it uh, as you know olah because that's what the torah says right the torah says korban ladornai so that's what we that's what we do okay that's that's the like that's the shot answer but then we're going to get the the midrashic answer okay
3: moment and
0: translates it as scripture? So Talmud Lomar is a technical, ter- a rabbinic technical term for scripture teaches. Uh, so uh, Talmud Lomar literally is something like um, uh, uh, it is taught for us to say, right? Um, you know So we're like um, think of a more direct way to translate it, but something like that. It's, it's, it's taught to say, right? So in other words, like th- but like it always is used in the context of of uh, of, of like what, what is the effect of the scriptural verse, right? Um, so it's not, it not doesn't mean Talmud like the Talmud, right? Uh, I mean Talmud, the Talmud comes from that idea of like you know what is the Torah actually teaching us? Right? It means
2: to learn, right? Or yeah. Like,
0: cool. Yeah, teaching, right? the root the, the, lamad, right? right, to to learn or to teach.
3: Well, it's a common term. It's something that's. Done. I mean. You know, yeah,
0: it's, yeah, yeah, It's, it's uh, a technical term, a rabbinic technical term. There are a lot of those in Talmud class. I imagine that you come across them, right? Talmud. I'm surprised you haven't come across Talmud, Lamar. It's Talmud. In the Yeah, uh, it's 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 a it's a common one in the Talmud. But yeah, you have a lot of those. There's you know these like you know kind of like shorthand phrases. Um, uh, uh, that you
3: yeah, know I can't
0: remember what it was. that was so long ago <laughs> yeah I'll my notes so there there are two uh the, the two most um, common commonly used dictionaries at least in you know in, in uh, c- for conservative seminarians studying uh, Talmud are uh, the Marcus Jastrow's complete dictionary of the Talmud and the Midrash um, and uh, Frank's dictionary. So Fr- that's I think this is his last name not his first name. It would be cool it's if was awesome. his first, was like, like a hot dog. Like, yeah, like a hot dog toy. Frank, Frank's, Frank's hot dogs and Talmud dictionary. Um, <laughs> but, um, so Frank's dictionary is uh, is more about the technical terms, uh, and Jastro is more like vocabulary, like you know, like any any word really in the in the Talmud you can look up there. Uh, so, uh, there was a game that we always played when we were studying in, uh, in the Beit Midrash, which was, like, if you, if you looked up a word in your Tal- from, that you're looking up in Talmud in, in Jastro, and, like, Jastro cites your page of Talmud in the dictionary, right, as, like, the example of where this word comes from, that's called a jastro bonus, okay? That's, that's usually not that extraordinary a thing, because a lot of, there are vocabulary words in the Talmud that are, like, used, like, only once, right? So, like, if, you know, you p- pick a word, and, and it's, like, a rare word, and it, like, is just so happens to be that your page is, like, where that word is used, then, of course, that's what jastro, so that's, you have to give it Sadako and you get a jastro bonus. But when you get a frank bonus... Okay, a Frank bonus is a much more rare occurrence because the technical terms come up all the time, right? But if your page of Talmud is where the technical term is cited in Frank's dictionary, not only do you have to give tzedakah, but you have to dance around the Beit Midrash. That's the that's what you have to do when How you get a Frank. is it? How much dancing are we
2: talking about? A whole block?
0: How big is the bait me, drush?
2: Yeah, you got to like literally dance around it. Yeah, yeah, it's a
0: room. It's like this. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> no,
2: that's a normal. That's a good
0: amount. Of yeah. um, so anyway, uh, but so the technical terms like that are like are common. Um, uh, does Nancy want to sway for you? Think or maybe she went to the restroom. Okay. All right. Well, why don't you? Uh, uh, I think He's here. Oh, okay. Good. Bye. Oh. You're looking up to see if you know can find a Tom know. with Lamar somewhere? No,
3: the one that we did last week. It's, it's sticking
0: with it. One, I okay. <sighs> okay, well we have, listen, we're about to have this whole phrasing, this whole, like, kind of setup here is, like, classic Talmud, right? So Talmud Lamar, etc., right? That's the premise, right? And then we're going to say, are, are the things not, uh, uh, do, does it not stand to reason? Does it not? Is it not a, a, a principle that you can derive uh, from, uh, in a minor case, from when it's used in a major case? Haidna, Ha-idna? yeah. How does it translate, haidna? The haidna? Now
3: it is a universal custom. Right. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah, because, yes.
0: Um, so that one's sticking with you. Right,
3: well, I just remembered it. There's some
2: other ones. It was like, it was like, like it, when they use that word, it's something like, means that they did something before, but now this is what they do. They've decided it's something. Is that is that a rabbinical technical term? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I remember
0: that. Okay, all right, so... um, (laughs) Bonus. No, that doesn't count as a bonus. But, but, uh, all right.
1: I didn't say rank.
0: Okay. Um, You can get Sadaka. All right, Harry.
1: All right, the Midrash continues. Then does the matter not stand to reason? If regarding one who is about to consecrate an offering, the Torah instructs that the divine name be mentioned only upon mentioning the name of the offering. Then those who blasphemy and revile the divine name and those who engage in idolatry thus overtly defining defaming the divine name all the more so will they be blotted out from the world.
0: Everybody see what happened there?
2: Taking a second third path yeah yeah take it sorry let's,
0: let's do it one more time Harry. okay because we gotta this you know this is like it's like setting up a, a sort of like 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 logical argument here okay so okay so let's let's start with the first part the first premise is you know why is it that uh why is it remember the original question why is it that it's brishit bara elohim and not uh brishit elohim bara right or elohim bara brishit uh, uh and the, the answer that Rabbi Shimon bar Yochai uh, is giving is by means of this other question, which is, um, why is it that, um, uh, that uh, we, when we give a sacrifice, we mention God's name second and not first? The answer to that is that because the Torah says, korban ladonai, right? That we should mention God's name second. Okay, and then it says, but you don't even need to derive it from scripture because the matter stands to reason. right? Um, uh, if one who is about to consecrate an offering, uh, it tells us about that person that he's uh, only supposed to mention the divine name uh, second, right? um, after mentioning the name of the offering. Then those who blaspheme and revile the divine name, right? Those who who say that uh, that that you know there is no God, uh, or that uh, say some something else is God. Those who engage in idolatry, right? Overtly defaming the God name, right? Um, all the more so will they be blotted out from the world. That one just totally lost me. Yeah, yeah like, it's, it, it, um, it, it, it sounds like in a way, you know, like uh, on, a, on a couple of passes, it sounds like, um, you know... Um, yeah. if you were to put peanut butter and jelly together does it not stand to reason that if you only put jelly on a sandwich that you are eating marshmallows right it like seems like there's not like a logical connection between right. one and two so what I think is happening here is saying okay um, For somebody who's honoring God's name, God chooses God's name to come second after the offering, right? Which is why, like the the halakhic answer about you put second rather than first, because you don't want to accidentally uh, invoke God's name for no purpose. It's like not really a helpful answer to the question because it's not really what he's dealing with here. What he's saying is, yeah. <laughs> well it's helpful in a it's helpful in a halachic sense it's helpful to know like why is it to, you know that uh, the, you know, it teaches the halachic principle but the midrashic principle here is that in a in a case where God's name is being honored God is being mentioned second right so in a case where uh, somebody is choosing not to honor God's name right their name shouldn't be mentioned at all the person. Name.
2: The person. So if Jim is doing something wrong,
0: mm-hmm. no one
2: should ever say Jim. Jim. He should just be like
0: forgotten. 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 He should not be part of the sentence. Hey,
2: you.
0: Okay. Yeah. In other words, like, so, God is uh, uh, God is mentioned second in a case of honor, right? Okay. Um, so some in in a case where. Uh, where where God is not being honored, right? They shouldn't be mentioned at all. Right? They should be they should be blotted out. They should be totally forgotten, sure. right? So so here's a couple of things about this that I think are are, are food for thought. I mean, the the, the first is um, that it uh, it it uh, the answer to the original question about why God is mentioned after Breshit Bara rather than the other way around is. Uh, in order to to teach that um, that God defers honor, in order to show that those who dishonor God shouldn't even be mentioned, right? So it teaches us something about uh, uh, if you if you agree with Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, it teaches us something about what what the uh, what the tradition thinks about um, uh, those who reject God's divinity. And it also, I think, teaches you something about uh, about God's humility, right? that uh, that God uh, uh, defers honor in order to make a broader point.
2: Deferring honor meaning he's allowing his name to come after the article of honor. Article
0: right. Of exactly. Honor exactly. Carpet. Yeah. Right. So you think you'd think that that you know no matter what, right? God is gets top billing right god should be the first name mentioned god should be the first item mentioned right so it's it's not korban ladonai implying that the korban is the important piece and and the the uh, the recipient of the korban is sort of secondary right uh, you would think that it would be the recipient is the primary and the korban is the secondary right so here god says i'm going to give off the impression that the kor- that the that i'm secondary to the korban uh, in order to sacrifice, in order to show you that uh, that that people who uh, who reject me shouldn't be mentioned at all. All
1: right. So the, what would be would an be. example of, of, of the negative, the, the statement that that should not be said at all? What would be an
0: example of the statement that should be? Well,
1: it's it's the the per. It, pers- wouldn't be, it wouldn't be defaming God. That's not what we're talking about. Yeah, that is what we're
0: talking about. Oh. It is what we're talking about, right? So the, the, uh, those who blaspheme and revile the de, uh, the divine name, those who engage in idolatry, thus overtly defaming the God name, all the more so will they be blotted out from the world.
1: So that's that's interesting. Because what saying is the, the, the infamous slang defiance Defaming statement that many people often say has God first in which, sentence. Which
0: oh, in English. Yeah. Uh, uh, well are you are you are you talking about like, like G D it or something yeah, like that? Yeah. Well first of all it's English, not Hebrew. Um, no, no, but, but I'm not sure the so English world. I'm not I'm not positive that the Jewish tradition would consider that blasphemy. Really? Um,
1: Just because it's in English?
0: Well, first of all, like, like, yeah, well, yes, because it's in English, but um, uh, uh, first, um, it's not necessarily taking God's name in vain if you actually want God to damn something. You know what I mean?
2: That's really interesting, actually. Right, then it's a prayer.
1: Uh, I, have that never, is awesome. I have never, I never thought <laughs> of that sentence as. I'm not, I'm not endorsing it, it. I'm God. just saying as an attempt to state that in that way. I've never thought of it that way. Uh, uh, I'm going to tell I have always interpreted this meaning. <laughs>
2: oh, good. You're going to. I'm telling. I'm praying, Mom.
1: Of, I've always interpreted I'm this being recorded in And thought. <laughs> take out the word slapping. Yeah.
0: No, but I don't think that that's what you're saying. You're saying that, that that statement would be to damn God?
1: Yeah. That's I don't. The way I've
0: always interpreted
1: I don't. Really? Yeah,
0: that's yeah. not how I've ever interpreted it. I,
2: I, I, I thought yeah. it was some like unholy invocation, but I never thought it was like against. how would it be? It's also the best translation in the, in the whole litany of them.
1: You think so? It's my favorite. I've always, <laughs> I've always interpreted it as being. The, 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 the <laughs> statement. Whatever's is going on, it's God's fault. It's
2: against God. Really? That's so Absolutely. interesting. That's interesting to me.
0: Oh, that's uh, okay. so... Okay, that's never I've taken that uh, phrase.
1: But I guess, It's always, it's always uh, been an anger. Yeah.
2: I've always imagined well, it's it at, at something it, else. If there's
1: <laughs> nothing sitting here but the fact that you just took a hammer and hit your thumb. That doesn't mean that God... Did anything No, wrong. it's your, your, who your else did, it? Nobody may, else did it. may God damn this hammer. May God,
0: damn this, world, hammer. May God <laughs> damn this hammer. May God damn the uh, institution of pain. They <laughs> got right. Um, oh yeah. Uh, I used to, I used to have a, that is fascinating. That is fascinating. <laughs> I have, I have very, I have very, uh, vivid memories. I had, I grew up, um, b- until I was, I think seven. I lived in, or six. I was in, lived in Stone Mountain, Georgia. And it like, very nice cul-de-sac uh, with, like, lots of super Christian people. And you
1: could and see that thing from on, the altar from on high.
0: I could see the altar from on high. Um, uh, no, you couldn't actually see it from the street. I don't remember ever being able to see it from the street. But we used to go there all the time. Uh, still talking uh, about they were talking about the.
1: Said no, she what just said, said what are they like going to do, gonna do with, that with that one? Oh yeah,
0: <laughs> I I I think that hell will probably freeze over before they actually like like get rid of that monument. But anyway, there's the the world's uh, largest uh, uh, base relief or bass relief base base relief whatever is on the side of Stone Mountain. It's an engraving of uh, Robert E. Lee, Stonewall Jackson, Jefferson you Davis. How about in
2: your um, Rosh Hashanah Debar, right? Yeah, so yeah.
0: It's huge. Ball yeah. Ball. yeah. Um. Huge. So, like, like a mesa, you no, know, it not blow nowhere. Yeah. So, but anyways, uh, but I, 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 like remember vividly, like, um, uh, like sitting on someone's porch, like a friend's porch, or friend Justin's porch, and, and and we had like friends in the neighborhood, twins named Mercy and Faith. Um, of course and we did. Oh, course yeah. we did. Um, <laughs> uh, and I don't remember the last names, so maybe we'll reconnect. Uh, maybe someone will put us together on Facebook. Um, but like, I, but I said something like, I said something like, like Jesus, you know? Is that ooh? You took the Lord's name in vain, right? And, um, but like, so that I think is. So when the Jewish tradition talks about taking God's name in vain, it means invoking God's name for no purpose. That's what that's what the third commandment is about, right? So so that that means if I say a blessing unnecessarily, that is a violation of the third commandment, right? Um, so if you have a purpose when you say it, that's okay. Yeah, I mean it depends on the purpose, but. Um, you know, so I'm not sure if I'm endorsing, like, you know, invoking a curse upon someone or something. Uh, but I would at least say that that's not a uh, a vain invocation of God's name, unless you don't really mean it. If you don't really mean it, then maybe it is. Hmm. Uh,
1: this is
3: this is, like this you is fascinating.
1: Brand new stuff. <laughs> uh, and this is just. All me But the whole concept. But <laughs> <Well, laughs> um, if a Jew
2: says like what you said when you say Jesus, yeah, that's like a, it's just not a word for uh, Hebrew is like,
0: man, uh, eh, whatever. Yeah, well, first of all, it's not a name not of a God name, for right? us. But um, uh, li- the other piece of uh, the other piece of it, which is related to that, is that uh, God is not God's name.
1: Yeah, but. When a person says that, they are not talking about Jane or or, uh, or John or anybody else. They say what to them is the name of God. Uh, I mean, to me, that's not the
0: name of God. Well,
2: the that's word because was reversed, you're into that so, it would...
1: so academically. I mean, <laughs> the peons like, that I'm a part of <laughs> don't know all this other stuff, you see. So
3: no, but I when I
1: pray the to the God, I say, God. I'm gonna ask my dad. He that, dad. that. I don't
0: say anything else, <laughs> right? In English, right? Uh, Let me ask my father. So that, that, right. I, I get, get that. What I may have offered there is like too much of a technicality, but um, uh, no, no. I, I, but uh, this
1: is
0: but here, but but like blasphemy here, <laughs> blasphemy here means someone who rejects God's divinity, I right? So it's it's somebody who. Who you know says there is no God, or says, um, or who says that you know um, you know God is dead, or you know. Uh, well, I don't. I want to like save Nietzsche from my judgment about that, but um, uh, you know, or someone who engages in idolatry, like that's what that's what this is talking about. It's not somebody. It's not somebody who like drops a hammer on their toe. That was like the, think about like the what you know what it would be saying about the punishment for such a person that's a pretty harsh punishment although you know I, I um, uh, my my rabbi Sharon Brous, um someone once asked her that she had like a Q&A session um, on Shavuot one year and someone once asked her like which one of the ten commandments if you had if you like could get rid of one would you get rid of uh, and she said, like, not taking God's name in vain. Which I think is actually, like, a pretty, you know, I, I think that... And then uh, Rabbi Artzin, um, uh, like, the next day gave a sermon about that commandment, about like, why that's actually the most important of you them. Know? Um, and, 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 and the best line from it uh, is uh, that um, God's name is ineffable, so don't try to eff it. Uh, um, so you know, what, he, what he says is that by by invoking God's name, you're 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 in that act creating an idol out of God, essentially, right? It, um, identifying God by name um, pigeonholes God into a certain uh, into certain kind of like modality, a certain you know um, uh, like set of assumptions about God, right? And so we have we have a name for God that we don't know how to pronounce because. Being able to identify God is a is like an aspect of like control. When I, can, when I can name when I when I name somebody, I have control over them to a certain degree. I can identify them. I like I like know who they are, you know, by by invoking their name. Um, but that's problematic when it comes to God. So we have an ineffable name of God for that very reason. Right. So so he's saying that like the the prohibition on idolatry goes hand in hand with that prohibition.
2: The one that we don't know how to pronounce is what's represented by Y Bae. Yes. Correct? Yeah. So, you know, there's you know, I've seen a lot of like Christian scholars who like do work on the the our stuff and they're you know, they're calling it they, they try to pronounce that as like Yahweh. That is super incorrect, right? Or is that one of the other names that I never knew about, but just it seems not right.
0: Hard to know, hard to know. I mean, that's that's the kind of like at the moment uh, acceptable scholarly transliteration of Yud Hey Vav Hey. Um, if I were writing us, an for them, for us too. I mean, like, well, I mean, scholarly in the sense, in the academic sense, like Jewish scholars use that too. If I were writing an academic paper, I would I would. Plausibly, if i were writing like a, an academic paper on, on like biblical criticism or something like that, or ancient Israelite religion, I probably would use that too. It's just like the acceptable like like uh, understanding of it. That doesn't necessarily mean it's right. I mean, nobody actually knows, so it could be that uh, you know the Latins were right that it's that, that it's Jehovah, um, uh, you know, which is another possible transliteration of that of yeah. that of that word um you know uh, i i think that the the notion that that a that it's a y sound versus a j sound is probably accurate uh uh that uh, that that the vuv sound was actually probably more of a, a w sound of uh, in ancient times is probably accurate um but whether that makes it yahweh i don't know right could be yo or something like that, who knows right, uh, because it's, it, there, are no, there are no actual vowels there so we don't know how to pronounced. so it's it's sort of like I don't know it's, uh, uh, I'm trying to think of what, what it's like it's, um, it's just like what academics kind of have agreed to because they have you know uh, th- there's no like there's no um, substantially more accurate option you know, agree, the agreed-upon, more accurate option. Um, I don't know if that answered your question.
2: It's all, well, kind of a second, it does, secondary piece of the question, th- those letters, and the way we pronounce it in liturgy, th- those are not the letters that make those sounds. For me, like, it's not equal.
0: Well, they do make those sounds.
2: Not what we say, I'm not, I
3: mean...
0: Well, right, sorry, sorry. When we, yeah, when we when we read that word liturgically... Or when we're, you know, reading from the Torah, we, we, we read it as Adonai. But, right, those the yod do not make the sound Adonai.
2: Okay, so that is, so have, over time, and it's just, I just don't know, like, we've just put that word in place of the, Correct. like, on top of the, like, superimposed it on those four letters. Correct. And that's what we do. Correct. Okay, but those four letters did, one point, stand for some kind of... Presumably. ...sounds that make, yeah.
0: Presumably, that, yeah. Okay. That's all. Sorry, I I don't know. I I don't know off the top of my head at what point. uh, I mean, sometime after the Second Temple period, uh, tradition says uh, um, we started uh, like what's the word I'm looking for? What's the English
1: word I'm looking for? Um,
0: Euphemism, right? Um, I guess that's yeah. We started replacing like a euphemism uh, for the um, or like a um, an alias, you know. because we lost the ability to pronounce the proper name of God. Um, although I'm not I'm not sure if it was like, it, it could plausibly have been like well before that, you know, could possibly have been after the destruction of the first temple, people stopped. Uh, but presumably at some point it was not ineffable. Like, people knew how to pronounce that
1: name. Yeah. It's interesting because being ineffable for us today is sort of consistent with Having an undefined
0: concept of God, right? So, it was anything. Else. Right? Uh, you know, I mean, there, there, you know some some traditions hold that that uh, that it was always ineffable, uh, except for a tradition that was passed down from the from high priest to high priest, and the only time that the that the actual name was invoked was on Yom Kippur. Mm-hmm. that's
3: cool.
0: So maybe this is a good opportunity. Has anybody seen the movie Call Me by Your Name? Nobody that. Yeah, well it was like not even Oscar last time, but I don't understand what that means.
2: It's like this one of the things they movie? said while they were being all romantical.
0: But it, like why? They're like,
2: you call me by your name, I'll call you by mine. But yeah. So like you call me Mike, I'll call you Nancy.
0: Why would we want to do that?
2: Oh no, it's romantic. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like nonsense.
0: Okay, maybe someone in cyberspace knows this, has seen the movie, and can tell me what that means. Okay. <laughs> it's
2: it movie. doesn't
1: mean anything. <laughs> I haven't seen the movie, but it could just be a uh, sense of mutual respect. As opposed to. Shlamil. Uh,
0: yeah, I mean, but you know. Call me by my name, by my name
1: then. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, what's the time? This
0: is a funny
2: video. Call me by your that. name. Oh,
1: that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> right. That's what I'm saying.
2: Call yeah, call me by your name. Like, I'll be Harry. Okay it didn't make any that sense but they showed the clip <laughs> they showed the clip of that scene I,
1: I, just can- so can- you've seen the movie no I <laughs> haven't but just I saw the clip yeah. <laughs> if I'm going to go to a movie
0: I'm going to go see Black Panther oh, <laughs> yeah. have you seen it? not yet
2: but
0: yeah. uh, Definitely. I'm inclined to blow off the rest of my day but no I'm just kidding
3: alright you've ruined the rest of your day
0: um Alright, let's let's go on a little bit more. The uh the, the heavens and the earth, or so at the uh the next part of the verse. Look at that. Oh
3: my gosh. Yeah. Woohoo!
1: <laughs> Seemingly right. our verse should have omitted the definite article V for the words the heavens and the earth, since previously there had not existed a heaven or earth to speak of. That's exactly what I said last week. Yeah? I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not related related to the word deed. The Midrash answers this question with a parable. The rabbis say when a human of flesh and blood builds a building, if the construction proceeds successfully for him, he may widen it as he builds upward. But if not, he broadens it he broadens its base and narrows it at the top. That's
2: interesting. <coughs>
1: If it's successful, okay. Rather, when he created the heavens, it was the very heavens that he had originally intended to create. In other words, it was one straight up, I guess. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, go ahead. And when he created the earth, it was the very earth that he had originally intended to create.
0: Okay. All right. So what what's happening here? So first, the question is, why do we have, why is it ha shemaim and ha-aretz? Uh, uh, you know, I mean, listen, I, I'm not, personally, I don't love that question because I think that you could, if it only said et shemaim ve ve-et-aretz, uh, then you could say, well, like, maybe there was another shemaim in Aretz, right? Like, uh, um, I had that problem with the first word of the Torah, bereshit, right? Why is it not ba in the beginning, right? It actually implies in a beginning, right? Or, or, or uh, so it like you could read that. So I don't, I don't know. I think we'd have the same question if we. If this is what I don't think and then this is agreement.
3: grammatically, if you use et, don't you use ha?
0: Yeah, you would use ah. So, so it would be uh, if you didn't have the ha's, it would be brisht bara elohim, uh, uh, brisht bara elohim shemayim va'aretz. Yeah, um, heavens and earth um but again like i you know i might if i if all i had was that i would say well which heavens and earth right are we talking about so anyway all right but let's let's jump into his premise here mm-hmm. right that uh, that that you know we might otherwise be confused uh which <laughs> <laughs> um which uh, uh which heaven and earth uh, we are being we're, we're speaking about here uh, and the answer is that when a when a human builder builds a building, uh, if he's building it properly, uh, then he can kind of uh, it says he can widen it uh, at, uh, as he builds upward. But if not, he uh, he makes a, a uh, he has to like stabilize it at the bottom and make it more narrow at the top, so it so it stays so it can like stand right? I'm not sure exactly what it means by like broadening at the top, but I think basically what it means is I can kind of like keep going in the same width as he uh, was playing. You can make a skyscraper, you can make a twin tower kind of skyscraper that's the same width at the top as it is at the bottom. Um, uh, I I don't know how much wider you can actually get by having a, you know, a certain kind of base. There's only so wide you could possibly get. And these people are not building skyscrapers in, in, uh, in, in, uh, ancient Israel. Um,
3: Well, that's really interesting, because before we started, I took a walk, and I walked down Grove, and I thought, when you look down between the houses, you can see they've added onto the back. So when I came back, I walked up the alley so I could see. And many of the houses, what they have added on the back, is wider than the original house as it goes up. Not the first floor, but the second floor is definitely wider than, hmm. than
0: the... Wider than the original house as it goes up?
3: Well, the addition is wider. Right. Yeah, but it's got the foundation. Right. Yeah, well, But I'm just saying, it's interesting to, to see, because it, it, it surprised because me that you. it would be wider. And,
0: you know, and yeah, that's interesting. You. Well,
3: that's because it went all the way with the property line, probably. Yeah. yeah. That's what we're
1: talking about. Yeah. Um, To to me, being the simpleton that I am, what they're describing is perfection. If if it's made correctly, then it's perfect. Right. If it's perfect, it's perfectly balanced. Right. And so you you could do wire. If it's perfectly balanced and you kept the
0: balance, perhaps in some theory, some stratosphere somewhere,
1: it might work. I don't know.
0: Um, so if you if you look at the at the commentaries and uh, the notes, I at should this say, time uh, this time we can because it, it confirms what when it confirms lo- when it confirms what I'm saying. We can look at the notes. Uh, <laughs> Here we really go. <laughs> so, that is, if the building turns out to be as strong as he envisioned it, he can build the upper levels as bro- as broad as the lower ones. Right, so so it's not exactly as widening it as it goes up, but I think you're right. right? It's balanced. He can right. Um, there may be a point at which you could build it wider if it's if it's got a solid foundation, um, if it's if it's properly done, right? Or if he if he uh, if if things haven't haven't gone the right way, he doesn't build the upper levels as broad as he built the lower levels, right? Because then otherwise the building might fall topple over. Okay. Um, So, um, and and then he has to go like widen up the base so that he can build the, the higher levels. Okay. Um, but the point here is that God is not like a flesh and blood builder, right? God, when God builds the heavens and the earth, right? Um, God did it perfectly the first time, right? And so it's the heavens and the earth because God didn't need to make adjustments as God went on, right? Uh, It was it was the one God, the heavens God set out to do. That's what God made, and the earth that God set out to do. That's what God made.
2: Dad agrees that you're damning the thing. Do what? I asked my dad about the whole GD issue. Yeah, he says it's the thing, not 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 damn God.
0: You, is your dad a cursing expert?
2: The houses do love that particular word. Part. <laughs> <laughs>
3: it's just
2: a fan favorite. Except my mom; she can't handle it. She don't like it, any of it. Anyways, just wanted to ask my dad since he uses this so much. Hey, Dad.
0: <laughs> um, let's say that that the. Uh... We, enjoy, okay. we prefer no. I just, I, I just,
1: I just wanted to be know
0: How to think, I'm just thinking about how self-revelatory I want to be here. Um, oh, let's go. Yeah, I'm, I'm, not like, you how how we, <laughs> uh, we 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 tend to use saltier language. That. Okay. Um,
2: <laughs> so did you say you don't love this paragraph? This little piece of this uh, medrish?
0: Well, you know, I, I don't, I'm not sure. I think that the premise is a great premise. Uh, like the, the question about. Um, I, I don't. I think it's a kind of a forced question, right? Because I, I think that you know. Okay, fine. You can ask that question about it using haaretz uh, are its You know, why does it have the article? Um, but I think that you would ask the same question if it didn't have, or a similar question, or a different question if it didn't have that too. You know, and I prefer the. I prefer questions that are based on you know, like like it's phrased this way. I have this question about how it's phrased, but. um, uh, that, that same question would not exist if it were phrased in a different way.
2: Okay. Right. Okay.
0: Um, why you like this one?
2: No, no, I just, I was, you were, uh, we were going into it and it seemed like you had had thoughts about, it. I was just curious what those were. So the, I uh, thought this was kind of a weird, a, a little bit of a weird one, but what, what, sometimes when they're weird, I think they're weird. They're actually really great. What <laughs> popped
0: into my head as we, as I, as I was, uh, like kind of walking through it is Lady Gaga. Um, Lady Gaga says, um, uh, uh, "God makes no mistakes," uh, in her song "Born This Way." So that God makes no mistakes, right? And and so there's something I don't know, uh, uh, powerful about that idea that like that you know um, that that the world as it's created, the creations that are in it, like nothing nothing is uh, nothing is like you know flawed. Right. Uh, Nothing is like like broken. Everything is everything is actually made perfectly. Now, there's problems with that, too, obviously, because like so you're saying that, like, you know, the the um, you know, the uh, friend who's uh, struggling with a a, a blastoma, a mother of two young children um, and. You know, you're saying to me that, like, you know, that God makes no mistakes and, like, that was, like, that's all part of the perfect plan, right? So I have a problem with that uh, idea, too. Um, but there is a way of, like, looking at that and saying, you know, that somebody who has, you know, who, who uh, has, you know, uh, who has a physical deformity or who has uh, who has like, you know, uh, um, you know, intellectual impairment or, uh, or somebody who's, who's uh, transgender or gay, right. That like, that like, it's not like they, they aren't broken, like it, it, in experiencing that, like they, they actually are like in the fullness of their humanity. Um, and like, and you know, um, like that wasn't like a design flaw. Right. Um, I don't know. I mean, there's something there, there's something also potentially empowering about that. I, I think that the that the difference is, you know, the, the person who is experiencing those things, right? So the person, my friend, who has cancer, somebody who has autism, let's say, like if it's helpful to them to think that, like, you know, God made me like this, and God makes no mistakes, and that's empowering go for it, right? And if it's somebody who says that, that actually is like incredibly painful to hear that, i say then like drop it because, you know, there's the next Midrash is going to have another opinion about the subject, about whether or not, you know, the the world is made perfectly as God designed it.
3: Except even God, in the beginning, said this isn't working. I mean, right. and there was no one. This isn't working and then there was no one. I mean, you go back there, so that makes no God. mistakes. I, mean, right. I don't know.
0: Right, right, right. Yeah. So, you know, it's So, a part of it. Right, so that's a, that's a good response to this to this midrash. Is yeah, what do you oh, mean right. that you know? This that problem was that's a human being. Right. Right. So, right. So, so, like, so yeah. everything yeah. everything is perfect except for except for human it's beings. Right. So that's another way of thinking about it. That's an interesting one, right? That that's like we're the we're the only thing that kind of throws the world out of balance. Um, that messes it up. You well, can make that argument.
2: Poor job our assignment from the get go.
1: Right, the climate for sure. But you know, uh, this be subject, but, but you know, I, I my family is. Uh, I had no grandparents; they were lost in the Holocaust. So what am I supposed to do with that? You know, I mean, the whole line of my family is gone yeah. on both sides. And uh, you know, if you if you place in your mind God as the creator of everything that happens in human life, then you quickly reach a wall because it, uh, no one can love a God that does all, creates all of the bad things that happen in life, which is part of life. Life's not a bowl of you know. It's not all good. Um, so I, I, I don't know to that creation to that extent. Us in the ball game. I think then it's up to the individual to eat right, sleep right. Mm-hmm. But then you got the people who are, who are born with deformities, and he, i guess—the only way to, to really make it work in your mind is to, to say, "Well, this is also God's
0: creation, and it's just a different form of beauty." Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're a parent of a, of a deformed child, baby, what you yeah. know, what conclusion are the conclusions you're going to reach that allows you to continue moving forward? right yeah um, unless you say you know uh, in, unless you have a different uh, theology right that says um, you know uh, uh, God isn't the force that's going to make everything alright right or that like could have made everything alright but but chose not to uh, or that you know Uh, has some kind of warped definition of all right that includes those things as, uh, as part of the definition. Another way of doing it is that God is not that kind of force, but God is a force that, uh, that works in and through us to, uh, to encounter all of those situations with, with strength, resilience, love, compassion. Um, you know, so those are, you know, that's another possible way of, 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 of viewing God. Um, now, that's a different god than i think the what the this midrash is offering but um i had a comment from uh, from facebook someone said uh maybe what it's saying is that a human bu- a human builder has to build the base first and then move up from there but god starts with the heavens and then creates the earth that's yeah
2: that's really interesting mm-hmm. Because that's
0: the order it's listed in, mm-hmm. yeah. Shmai 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 of, Shmai of Arts, right? Yeah. Shmaya Shmayim Varech. Yeah.
2: G Facebook.
0: <laughs> that's uh, Rabbi Mark Biller, who I don't know, know, but hi, Rabbi. Thank you for the comment. Um, Rabbi Biller knows what's up. Rabbi Biller knows what's up. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right. Do we, do we want to try uh, to get through until fourteen, or we gotta pack it in? Now, what do you guys think? It's one hundred fifteen.
2: I say punch through, but if, if you get something like they okay, say
1: so... Another explanation, if you didn't like the first two, <laughs> of the definite article used in this verse. Rav Huna said in the name of Rabbi Eliezer, the son of Rabbi Yossi Galili, High Galili um, Even those heavens and earth of which is, is written for behold, I am creating new heavens and a new earth, or already created during the six days of creation. All right, if you,
0: we're not out of time now. If you were to look in that passage of Isaiah, you know, these are the latter chapters of Isaiah uh, that uh, are sometimes <coughs> called Deutero-Isaiah or, or even Trito-Isaiah, which are, uh, as opposed to the early chapters of Isaiah, uh, which are mainly... Uh, prophecies of, ad, of admonition and, and, and premonition of, of destruction, the later chapters of Isaiah are all prophecies of restoration. Right? Some of them uh, give off the impression of like, you know, um, ultimate, you know, messianic restoration, uh, including this passage, right, that ki uh, Right. that behold, I am creating new heavens and a new earth. Um, Right, that, that I'm going to overturn the existing order of things All right, so okay so even those uh, heavens of earth uh, even those next you know, those new heavens and earth were already created during the six days of creation. keep going Harry
1: Thus it is written for just as the new heavens and the new earth excuse me, New heavens and new earth is not written here rather it is written the new heavens and the new earth. What does that mean? No.
0: Right. So when in Genesis, uh, the Torah says God created the heavens and the earth, he was referring to the one that God existed, created, like the one that we live on, and also the heavens and the earth refers also to the new heavens and the new earth that God is going to replace this heaven and earth with at the end of days. Mm-hmm. They were both created at that time. Which part of that was compelling? This
2: paragraph, time traveler, then. Yeah. yeah. Time, the more yeah. Part. Say that again.
0: Right. So, uh, the Book of Isaiah promises that uh, that, that God is going to uh, uh, bring about uh, a new heaven and a new earth at uh, the you know the messianic era, the end of days, whatever. Right. Uh, in other words, God's gonna God's gonna replace the existing order of things. And so what this Midrash is saying is that when in Genesis, God says, I created, um, God created the heavens and the earth, it uses the article the to imply both the heavens and the earth that are created then, and also, or both the heavens and the earth that are put in place then, and also the heavens and the earth that are going to be put in place later, that God created all of it at the same time.
3: We
0: believe that? I mean, Isaiah believed it. Which which part of it that yeah, God's going to create a new heavens and new earth, or that or that God created all of it at the same time? That
3: God created twice this world, and then there is another one that follows the second
0: part. Well, uh, so so okay, so you're asking the, the the more general question, which is: Is there going to be a is there another heaven and earth? Right, right That is in some way going to replace this one. Uh, uh you're not really asking the question did god create it also uh, when god first began to create the world that's already like a second question that you have right?
3: my question is do we believe that there's going be a second world
0: yes well first i mean you know the olam word ha-ba. right olam haba what does olam haba mean you never heard that phrase aba uh, is uh, means literally the world to come or the world that is coming um, right you we so ba could mean heaven uh, like where you go after you die uh, or it could mean uh, uh, or it could mean like the world that's going to replace this one when God decides it's time to replace this one to upgrade Um Right, but yeah uh, and now you know whether exactly Jews you know whether we I don't know what we means but we believe that God created that at the moment of creation and, and that's why you know it uses ha and ha it's that's a different question uh, certainly um, you know Rav Huna in the name of Rabbi Eliezer the son of Rabbi Yossi Agalili believed that um, and I think that maybe that makes sense for God to make that you know at the same time that God is creating the the rest of the world. Uh, are you looking at the passage from Isaiah? Yeah. What did you find? Well, it's
3: just, it's because it does talk about the world to come. It seems to me. I mean, it goes on. Seventeen says, "For behold, a new heaven and a new earth. The former things shall not be remembered; they shall never come to mind." But then it goes on and says. Be glad then and rejoice forever in what I am creating, for I shall create Jerusalem as a joy and her people as a delight, and I will rejoice in Jerusalem and delight in her people. Never again shall be heard there the sounds of weeping and wailing, which is famous. Yeah. <coughs> More shall there be an infant or graybeard who does not live out his days. He who dies at a hundred years shall be reckoned at youth, he who fails
0: to reach a hundred shall be reckoned a curse. Yeah. All right. So you, that you get you get in that vision uh, uh, this notion that as part of this new world order, Jerusalem will be rebuilt. That the that the temple will be rebuilt. Right. This, uh, this idea that the part of the messianic era involves the the institution of, of, a, of an of another temple. Right. It's why when we um, when when at a marriage, right. Uh, uh, is the inverse of that, right? Isaiah says you'll never hear weeping or wailing in Jerusalem again. Right? We say, uh, I think actually that line that I just gave is, is from Jeremiah, but uh, but it's the, it's the inverse of that, right? Like like once again we will hear joy in Jerusalem because the temple will be rebuilt and the world will be perfected. And never, right. So yeah. So this is this is something that's like you know very. Um, Pre- prevalent within within Jewish thought that uh, that there's a that there's a new world that is coming. But
3: I looked at it because I think isn't there somewhere in there that the Christians believe gives the coming of of the Messiah that they call Jesus? Well, I mean, I have to look at the entire
0: passage. So the entire yeah. I mean, there's certainly places in Isaiah that are uh, that are prophecies like that, but um, I don't know if it's in Isaiah 65. Um,
2: I don't know where
0: they fit all that stuff to uh, But listen, it's a pretty vague in some ways. It's a pretty vague uh description of the future. So, you know, like like really, you know, anybody can like like give a midrash to that 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 kind of fits um uh their name. there there were Jewish there are, there are other Jewish, you know, uh um purported messiahs that, you know, alluded to those things. Um but let's see. I don't know if there's um What's that?
3: It sounds like a cop-out to me.
0: Why is it a cop-out?
3: I mean, an excuse for not doing what's right now. Yeah. Because, uh, hey, don't make what you do now. There's a better life out there somewhere.
0: So what I would say about that, Franklin, is I I agree with you about it. And I think that that's certainly a thread within the tradition. But um, I would say that that's actually uh, a much less traditional viewpoint. Uh, that, uh, uh that, uh, that, um, uh, you know, that, that, there's, that there are things we can do to bring about this time, but ultimately it's going to be God's decision, right? Like God's going to make it happen. Um, you know, I mean, the, you know, the, the, there is still a major debate between, uh, between, you know, uh, Zionists and uh, ultra-Orthodox Jews, some ultra-Orthodox Jews, right? Would Zionists say? Like, you know, uh, we make our own redemption, right? That's one of the, like, premises behind religious Zionism. And, you know, some segments of the ultra-Orthodox community say no, like the Torah says it, or the, you know, the Bible says it very clearly, that when, when, it's, when it's time for God to bring the Jews back to the land of Israel and to rebuild Israel, God will tell us and God will do it for us. Yeah, I mean, I'm just, yeah, I mean, I, I, it, it's not a compelling viewpoint to me either, but I think one has to acknowledge that it is a, uh, a perfectly uh, textual viewpoint within, within our tradition. That's
2: what they're I mean, talking I, about in the 13 Principles of Faith, right? Or that's specifically just about the revitalization of the dead.
0: Say, it, say that again? Is
2: it... So, so like, the whole idea of, like, how, uh, or how is... That's when like, souls will be, like, revived and Mashiach and their temple and all that stuff. Or are those, like, could those be, like, separate things?
0: Yeah, so it's... It, it's really complicated because uh, there there are lots of different uh, perspectives on what Olam Haba actually means. Uh, although, sure. uh, okay. in 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 mo- like virtually all of rabbinic Judaism uh, until until the you know, the reform movement in the nineteenth century has um, has agreed with the premise that part of the messianic era will be. The resurrection of the dead. Um, so whether or not that's technically what it, what this like you know, new heaven, new earth means, or whether that's something that comes after the resurrection of the dead, or or something, right? Um, uh, that that I think is a matter of, of debate, right? But like part of what made rabbinic Judaism, rabbinic Judaism is the is the insistence in uh, in the resurrection of the dead, which a lot of other uh, Jewish movements at the time during the Second Temple period rejected that idea. Yeah. Um, uh, so, so at least from then until the 19th century, Jews, by and large, uh, uh, believed as a matter of you know as a principle of faith that ultimately the the dead will be will be risen. Now, they disagreed, I think, with the Christians about the notion of a risen Messiah, right? Uh, specifically, a risen mes- Messiah. Um, so, like, that, that's not exactly what the, what, what the tradition had in mind when it said there will be a resurrection, mm-hmm. right? Um, but, uh, yeah. Okay.
3: This is a
0: good one. It's complicated. Right? Oh, but you do, have, you do have in that passage in Isaiah, you know, the famous line, right? So, uh, 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 before they pray, I will answer. While they are still speaking, I will respond. The wolf and the lamb shall graze together. The lion shall eat straw like the ox. This serpent's food shall be earth, and all my sacred mounts, nothing evil and vile shall be done, says the Lord."